All right. Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, it turns out I don't have to be physically present at Sun Devil Stadium for ASU to win a football game anymore. <laughs> I thought about that, yeah. Yeah, broke a, a drought going back to, uh, well, about 52 weeks. Uh, exactly. Week four of of the uh, 2016 season was our last win with you not present. So good to have that drought over only because you can't be present for very many games. I know. It's really a shame. Although, Ray Anderson, if you're listening and you want to send the ASU jet, I'm happy to jump on every Friday after work and, <laughs> and then uh, you know come back on Sunday morning. Uh, but the Sun Devils yeah, exercising yeah. A, a big-time demon beating the Oregon Ducks 37-35. Yeah. First time that's happened since you and I were in college. Um, yep. I, I think that this is, we, you know, we had talked about before how they hadn't put together a complete game in all phases, and this is about as yeah. close to that, including coaching, that I think uh, we've seen. Starting with the offense, obviously Manny Wilkins did wind up setting the interception uh, list record. Right. He's now right. uh, complete, or he's attempted 39 more passes, so he's got the record by himself by 39. Uh, and in the game, he was 24, 39, 347, and a touchdown, which is even more impressive when you consider the fact that he only completed passes to six different guys to get to that 347 yeah. yards. Nikhil Harry, career high for the second week in a row, seven catches, 170 yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Harvey, eight catches, 133 yards. Matt, this is what I wanted to see out of Manny Wilkins. Absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, uh, you know I've been critical of him um, maybe to a fault. I don't think I've been as critical as some the first three weeks, but um, I, I was looking for more. And in the last, I mean, to be fair, we got to go back six quarters. Uh, something seems to have changed with this team halftime of the Texas Tech game. Um, and it's a very, you know, it's almost like they found themselves a little bit. Um, you know, now I'm going to say right off the bat, and I'll probably say it more, I don't know how much it's going to matter going forward with the schedule we have upcoming. But um, they did seem to find an identity. And one of the parts of that identity is getting the ball down the field and several times. And I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating a bit, but last night felt like we were watching the old, you know, mad bomber, Daryl LaMonica days. I mean, it was, it was a lot of, Hey, we're going to put the ball up deep and see what happens. And, and it worked uh, enough. There were a couple times it didn't, but it worked a lot. And I, I liked the aggressiveness. Well, there were two different passes that I was wanting to talk specifically about. One was on the third and super long where he just threw the yes. jump ball to Nikhil Harry. And you and I had been begging for weeks for ASU yes. to put that in. If it's one-on-one -on -one coverage, just throw it up there. He's bigger, he's yeah. stronger, and he did it. He did exactly what you thought right. he'd do. It was underthrown, yeah. and he boxed the guy out and just took it. There was no – it was not contested. And the, exactly. And there was a penalty. So even if he doesn't catch the ball, still get a first down out of it. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was so happy on that because – you know, I, 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 in that situation, the momentum had slipped away from us a little. We were, you know, our 17-point lead was down to three, uh, facing third and 27, and you're about to punt the ball. And, you know, you might well take a chance. And if, you know, what's the worst that can happen? It gets intercepted down probably inside the 15. That's probably what you would have gotten out of a punt. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, take a chance because, you know, there are two good outcomes. One is a completion, the other is a penalty in the way – you know, pass penalties are called nowadays in football. You take your chances, you might get one. And, and in that case, we got both. 
Now, the other pass that I thought, it, it was more of a thematic pass than one specific one because he did it a few different times, was mm-hmm. hitting Jalen Harvey between the first layer linebacker level yeah. and the safety level. And, and that seems to be a throw that he is very confident in making. Yes, um, yes, which which was something that, that was the throw I felt was missing against New Mexico State, the intermediate throw. It felt like, you know, yeah, we had a couple balls deep, the one to, you know, um, John Humphrey and the one to Harvey where he got behind the defense. But and then and then everything else felt short, you know, screens, swings. And it was like, where's the where's the intermediate stuff? And and the last, you know, six quarters again, it's been there. He's he's been more aggressive and. And this is where, you know, now I say that interceptionless streak feels like it matters more because they are being aggressive and he's still protecting the ball. And that's the ideal. That's what you want. You know, you want the quarterback who's aggressive, who makes plays, but doesn't make mistakes. And so far, you know, he's been doing that. And definitely last night was his best game at it. In the running game, it was more pedestrian, um, but keeping Oregon honest, they wound up with. Yeah. Uh, 142 rush yards. I think the biggest takeaway, though, was that Manny Wilkins rushed for 35 yards, and he seemed to, you know, be let off the leash a little bit when it comes to designed quarterback runs. Yep, yep, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was overall very pleased with the way the offense played. I thought the line was better. Um, you know, I, I think what you take out of this game is not that all of a sudden this team has become a, you know, contender for the Pac-12. They're not. I mean, let's let's look at it honestly um you know they played well and they barely won so you know they're gonna lose games but this is how this team is gonna win games they're gonna have to score they're gonna have to make some you know key defensive stops last night was was you know what this team i think we hoped could be um being realistic i mean you'd love to see a team that you know could go 12 and 0 but that's not what this group is um and and so yeah last night was better and offensively i I think that's what you want. You know, you want this type of game. Uh, you're right, didn't run the ball great, um, but have been more effective the last two weeks, and maybe no coincidence that Demario Richard has come back and been a factor, and he was a big factor last night. Demario Richard, 21 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. Of note, he out-touched Bellage in this game, which yeah. I don't yeah. think it happened was, yet this season prior to last night. No, uh, I mean, it certainly didn't happen the first two games when he had – one total carry, um, you know, missed the second game, barely played in the first. Um, and he was the workhorse on that last drive, you know, when we had fallen behind by one first time we trailed the whole game. And, um, you know, we needed to, we needed to put together a drive and it was very business-like that drive. I mean, you know, it, it, it was just kind of, you know, take care of business, move the ball. Uh, you know, we're, I think we only faced one third down to, to get down the field. Obviously, you know, we ended up kicking a field goal, um, you know, and the third down was, as you said, a good throw to Jalen Harvey to convert that. Uh, and yeah, it was it was good. I was impressed by the way the offense came out and immediately put together an answer, got down the field, and our freshman kicker stepped up and made a, a forty-one yard kick to win the game. First kick of any real pressure in his career, and he he put it right down the middle. Let's talk about the game Brandon Ruiz had really quick. In addition to the game-winning field goal, which was impressive, uh, you know, he got us a couple earlier field goals, but he mm-hmm. executed what I thought was a brilliantly planned onsides kick, surprise onsides yes. kick in the first half. 
Yes. ASU takes a lead, 14-7. They go on sides. The Ducks seem to be lined up deep, you know, with guys right. between, you know, near the 50 instead of closer to the 45. And yeah. uh, not to be overlooked on that play was Tyler Wiley, who we joked about where has he been and why haven't we right. heard his name, right. threw a critical block to clear space to allow uh, yeah. Evan Fields to come up with that recovery. Yeah, yeah. And what was funny was on the, I think, the kickoff right before that, I was watching and I saw him and I even thought, oh, okay, there he is. I was wondering if he was still on the roster. And I saw his, you know, his name on the back of a jersey. I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. He, he does still play. And, yeah, that was, uh, that was a, I mean, it was a gutsy call. And, you know, it's one of those calls that there were a couple. And that was the one I think, you know, if it doesn't work, um, it reeks of desperation. But when it does work, you look like the mad genius. And, and last night there were, you know, there was more mad genius than desperate coach. And that was good. You know, we needed that. We needed to take some chances. Um and try to shake things up and, and that's what happened. And yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, overall and we'll, you know, obviously we, we still got to talk about the defense, but it just feels good to get a win uh, that, that feels good. You know, our opening win was very unsatisfying. Um, we lost two after that. We lost six in a row to end last year. It's been a long time since we could wake up Sunday morning and say, ah, that feels good. And, and so this was nice just to change that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, there were obviously some some issues, most notably at the end of the first half, the muffed punt. Yeah, on, geez. You know. Third straight week, a special team's faux pas in the last minute of the first half that hands the other team points. That That's, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a breaker. Uh, worried that it was because we should have gone in up 10. Instead, we're only up three. But, uh, you know, a good answer coming out of the half. We got down the field right away and scored, get, a, I think, a three and out on defense then score again and you know within five minutes of halftime it was a 17 point lead so it was a impressive bounce back from a poor end to the first half yeah and the defense you know much was made about the fact that crump was out i think that mm-hmm. we will hear it every broadcast but people watching should not expect crump to play he he certainly no. didn't look like he was any closer to being ready when he was walking no the time soon i mean if he comes back at all, we're looking at toward the end of the season, and I'm not expecting him back at all. So, yeah, I agree, you know. But but what you saw was a schematic adjustment, more blitzing, uh, you know, and, and Which maybe less good. reliance on one guy. It the- did look good. It did, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we gave up 35 points. Um, and aside from that one off the fumble punt, you know, they drove the field on, on the other four drives. But that's what this defense, you know, is is going to be at its best. And, you know, you say that and you say, well, boy, you know, at its best isn't good. Well, no, it's not. But it needs to be that. It needs to be the the defense that gets off the field on third down. And last night, unlike the first three weeks, it did. Um, That, you know, pressures the quarterback, it did. Takes advantage of a turnover. We had the one there right after we turned it over on down, forced the fumble and, you know, get the momentum right back. Um, and, and so that was, you know, that was what you want this Todd Graham defense to be in, in our best years under Todd Graham. That's what it was. And last night was more like it. I mean, to put it in perspective, Oregon did not have a rushing play longer than 20 yards, which look, a 20 yard runs, a big play, but ASU gave up one 20 yard run to Freeman. And that, that was really it. Herbert had a, you know, a quarterback draw for a big game, but you know, those are, those are acceptable big games, and one yes, one yes. pass play over fifty yards 
Otherwise, it's not going to crush you. you know? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I thought the same thing, and that's you know, you and I talked about this last week that we've cut down on the big plays allowed, and and then you know there were other issues, and last night the you know one big play, okay, you know you can live with that. I mean, you'd like to have zero, but you can survive one. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. That was one of the first things I looked at after the game was what was their longest run, and Freeman had a twenty yard run, but that was that was it. Um, you know, Freeman, I think, had 15 carries, 81 yards, decent numbers, but not not dominant by any means. He didn't take over the game. He, you know, he wasn't wasn't such a force that we were unable to figure out what they were doing. It wasn't uh, you know, Rashad remember, Penny. It wasn't a Rashad wasn't, Penny effort. It was not. No, who had 200 yards and another, you know, 50 some catching and a kick return. I mean, yeah, you know, he was he was good, but not great. Herbert was was good, but not great. Um, and I think some of that was due to our defense that, that played better. Um, it just, you know, maybe the identity is coming together. Chase Lucas looked pretty good in his first start. Uh, you know, again, nobody's going to confuse this defense with Alabama. Um, but it doesn't – well, I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't need to be, but it's just not going to be. I mean, it, you know, we have to be realistic. We're not going to all of a sudden become dominant. We have to be effective, and last night was, was effective. One player who was very effective last night, Christian Sam, with 11 yes. tackles leading the way, including one and a half for a loss. The team wound up having six tackles for a loss and a couple sacks. Um, yeah. This was what was missing last year a little bit. You could see why he's such a critical – because he and Calhoun, you know, they came in together, but they really are good complements for each other because Calhoun is a boomer and a run yeah. stuffer. But Christian Sam is just everywhere, sideline to sideline. Yep, yep. No, I mean, you you saw how nice it is to have him back and, you know, the impact he might have made last year. Uh, He's not the difference between being the worst defense in the country and being, you know, a top 20 defense. But I think he would have helped. And, you know, we didn't have him. That's just the way it goes. But, yeah, it was was good to see him playing well. I thought our tackling overall was pretty solid. I, you know, there were not many times I remember. In fact, I, off the top of my head, you know, just watching it live, I don't remember any where I thought, oh, my God, how do you miss that tack? You know, and that's been a, a hallmark of this defense the last couple of years, like, you know, four or five times a game. thinking, good God, how do you miss that tackle? Uh, that didn't happen last night. You know, they made plays. They're a good offense. I mean, and, and that's the other thing. You have to – you also have to understand that we're going to face good offenses and good coaches, and you know they're going to make some plays that aren't necessarily bad plays by us. They're just good plays by them. They made a few, and we made a few, and, and that's enough to have a chance to win the game, which last night we did. It feels good to say that, doesn't it? It <laughs> does. It does. I mean, it, you know, as you opened with, it feels good to Oregon. You know, it's, it's not Chip Kelly or Marcus Mariota, Oregon, uh, and I'm fully aware of that. Um, but you know, when we finally got off the schneid against USC, it wasn't Pete Carroll and Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, USC. It was, a, it was a USC that had slipped some still felt really good to beat him because it had been a long time. And this is the same feeling to me. You know, it's been, been a long time. Um, you know, we, I thought about this today, uh, throughout our twenties, we never beat Oregon. The last time, uh, ASU beat Oregon, both of us were 18 years old. Now we're 31. So it's been a while. And, and uh, you know, it's nice to just get off that schneid. And, and, you know, overall, it's been, I mean, it's been 50 weeks since we beat a good team. Uh, you know, or, or at least a team that, you know, carries with it some weight. We've beaten UCLA. 
Um, beat New Mexico State, like I said. Uh, you expect that, and it was unsatisfying. So this was just nice. It was nice to walk out of that stadium and feel like, eh, we beat a pretty good team um, and and just, you know, enjoy the immediate aftermath of it without thinking about what does it mean going forward. We'll see. But uh, I'm just happy we got a win. One thing that I think is interesting, um, USC beat Cal, okay? Yeah. Um, but Washington whooped on Colorado, and Stanford they did. killed UCLA. So the only two they did. South teams to win – were uh, against a North opponent. Were us and USC true. this true, week? True, true, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it. Uh, you know, I continue to look at that last four game stretch, and with each passing week, it seems like that stretch is more and more manageable. Colorado doesn't look great this year. I mean, they're good, but they're not great. We get them at home. UCLA's defense is terrible, just terrible. I mean, you know, they should be one and three. You know, it was nice they had that great comeback, but. Looking at it now, their flaws are still there, and it's cost them you know, big time the last two weeks, and will continue to. I mean, they gave up fifty-eight uh, points to Stanford. Yeah, a Stanford they gave team up over who was hundred points I mean, to Memphis and you at Stanford. Yeah, Stanford yeah, was you know, that, handled that, by San Diego State. Yes, <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. Now, my fear is Stanford may have found themselves a quarterback last night, and just in time for us to face them, uh, they went to the kid KJ Costello after Chris got hurt, and he looked pretty good. And it, it follows a, a pattern for Stanford of going to a redshirt freshman quarterback when a veteran isn't very good. It's been pretty successful for them the last two times they've done it, and it may be happening again. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, UCLA looks beatable. Certainly Oregon State looks beatable, although it's up there. And Arizona is, you know, not great. Uh, you know, they beat us last year. I don't want to disrespect them, but they're not great. So, we just got to find our way through this next four-game stretch with our heads above water. Um, that's easier said than done. But, you know, we, we just if we can steal one of these next four, I feel like we can get to six or seven wins and get to the postseason at least. And that'd be something. It wouldn't be anything worth a parade, but it'd be something to feel decent about. Well, I agree. We'll be back to preview that Stanford game and – I think we're going to spend at least a little bit of time talking about Brady White's high school teammate, Trent Irwin, who really scares me as yeah. a receiver, uh, yeah. especially if they have found a passing game. You know, obviously. Yeah, they, they, they did last night. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, as, you, as we said, the UCLA defense is a nice defense to get healthy against, obviously. Everybody seems to be so far this year. But our defense isn't exactly, you know, dominant, as we said. So he could, he could have success against us, too. We'll see. Yeah, and then against Stanford's rushing, uh, Bryce Love right. had 263 rushing yards. Oof. If ASU he's, he's. if ASU does what they did to Royce Freeman, we'll be in really good shape. Yeah. If it's Rashad Penny, yeah. we're going to be in trouble. Then it's going to be a loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll come down to that. I mean, they they uh, have always, even with Andrew Luck, they've always been a run first pass off of that kind of team. And, and yeah, we're going to have to slow down that running game to have a chance. Yeah. Well, we'll be back sometime this week. I don't know. We, we have real jobs. We're busy. All right. We're trying, <laughs> we're trying our best. Things are coming up. We're trying to manage our, our actual yes. lives while providing tremendous free content for you. Uh, That's right. Because we're, we're your friends and we want you to be happy. We want you to have something to listen yes. to. You. Um, oh, one thing before I forget, because I was absolutely going to forget. 
Uh, Pat Richardson did come through. He wrote his week two thoughts about the Browns, so I'm going to share those very quickly, and then we're going to get out of here uh, because what he told me was very Browns fan-esque. <laughs> he didn't watch any of the game <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was playing softball and decided that that was more important, but he read the recap and thinks that it was, quote, a small mercy to not be paying attention. He still thinks that they could win five games, but wants them to sign Kaepernick. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the short version of Pat's okay. thoughts after week two. I'm curious to know what he thinks after week three. When okay, we come, I was about to say, is this after the Colts' loss or is this after last week's loss? This is last week's loss. Okay, okay. Who knows what he's going to think after the Colts' loss. But yeah. We will uh, maybe we'll talk a little NFL midweek. We'll definitely preview Stanford. We'll talk about some of the other college yes. football games that happened. There was some interesting stuff. TCU going on the road was definitely impressive. Yeah. Beating Oklahoma State, but that's for later this week. Assuming Matt and I can find a time where we can both talk. That's not two in the morning. Uh, until <laughs> next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>